Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? Let me look at you for a second. Not bad. Not bad. You're doing pretty good. Looking pretty good. Hey, if this is your first time here today, let me just uh, introduce myself. My name is Craig and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. And uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. You are amazing. You are truly the greatest people in the world. If you attend South Point all the time, you are incredibly amazing yourself. How do you feel? Do you feel good, warm and fuzzy inside? Great. While you're feeling warm and fuzzy, do me a favor. Put your hands together and help me welcome all of our microsite campuses and all the people watching online. We are so glad you guys are with us. Thank you for being with us. We love you. We love you. We love you. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm so glad you're on the front row. Yeah, we had a conversation in the lobby. Anyway, um, hey, so here, here's the deal. If you were not here last night, um, night of worship was ridiculous. It was amazing. Katie and the band and the tech crew did a phenomenal job. If you missed it, you should feel a little bit of remorse in you right now. You should feel a missing piece of your life. But good news is we have another one scheduled, so you can come to that one. It is in 364 days. So go ahead and mark your calendar, and you can come to that one. All right? Hey, we are in the middle of this series called Now and Later. And the whole idea of this series, it's, it's pretty simple, um, except that it's really hard. It's one of those simple things, but it's really hard to do. Um, we're talking about taking care of things now so we can enjoy our later. We're, we're talking about taking care of spiritual junk, emotional junk, stuff that's in us that we need to take care of now because if we'll take care of it now, we can have a better later. Why? Because it's taken care of. Get it? Get it? Um, about three years ago, yeah, three years ago, uh, we have steps in our in, going up to the front of our house and I was, I was walking up the steps and I looked down and there was a little patch on the left-hand side where the paint had rubbed off, worn off, you know, and I thought, man, I need to just throw some paint on that real quick to seal that wood, and we'll be, we'll be golden, right? And I said, eh, I'll do it later. And so I walked on. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. A month later, I walk, I'm walking up the steps or walking by the steps. I'm like, huh? There's that spot again. Looks pretty much the same as it did before. I should really throw some paint on that. I'll do it. Later, and you know, that was like month after month, and then next year I walked by it, and it, it, guess what? It's still there. It didn't go anywhere. No little elves popped out and said, we're going to paint your steps, Pastor. No, nobody did that. I had no elves. Nobody. Um, and so I look at it, and the paint's gone, and, and now the wood's looking a little, a little rough, you know, like, hmm, need to do something. I think, man, I should, I, I, need, I need to paint that now. And you know what I said? I said, I'll do it later. So you've, you've done a story like this, right? And so then this year, just a few weeks ago, I'm walking down the steps and I get to that spot and my foot goes through the step. And I think I, sh I need to do it now, now, right now. I have to do something now. But the problem is now it's a whole lot more work than it was then. And if we'll do it, we should have done it then, but if we didn't do it then, then we have to do it now because if we want a better later, if we'll do it now, then we just take care of what it is. But have you noticed, there's, like when I was doing that step, there's always an excuse, right? I mean, it's like I would see it and I'd say, oh, I should do that, but it's too hot. I'll wait till it cools off a little bit. Or it's too cold. I'll wait till it warms up a little bit because I have to be in complete comfort before I fix something. 
Come on, anybody. I mean, let's be honest. Anybody else, if it's a little bit difficult or I might break a sweat, you know, I'll wait. But there's, a, there's probably only like 10 minutes of the entire year where the weather is perfect to do stuff, right? And, and we have excuses for so many things that just keeps us from doing it. And I think all of us have that stuff in us, in our souls, whether it's spiritual or emotional or relational, where we really know we should take care of it. We really know. Like five years ago, you should have taken care of it five years ago. You should have taken care of the relationship five years ago, but you didn't. And, and so now you're struggling with the later. And, or, or I should have taken care of that situation that instilled fear and anxiety in me five years ago. But now, now I didn't. So now I'm dealing with stuff and I have to deal with it now if I want to better later. It's kind of like, okay, leftovers. Does anybody here do leftovers? Like, you know, leftovers. Be for real. Raise your hand up. Like, you do leftovers. And if you do leftovers, you know what I'm talking about. You do leftovers. Okay. Um, we do leftovers in the Wendell home. Kinda. Kinda. Um, uh, don't tell my wife this, but this is what I'm guilty of. Um, oh, she's right there. Hey, babe. Um, <laughs> confession time. Lord, forgive me for... I'm the guy in our home that I will... I, <laughs> I will go to the refrigerator and I'll pull some leftovers out and I'll, I'll open it and I'll go, ooh, that's bad. And I'll put it back in the refrigerator. <laughs> Anybody, any, and then here, here's the, here, here, this, this is confession mixed with age confession. I'm also the guy that will come the week later, pull out the same leftovers, because I don't remember what's in there, because it's in those stupid Tupperware things where you can't see in it, anybody, right? And I, I pull it out, and, and by this time you open it, you're like, whoa, hey, back in the fridge. Why do we do that? Because I know if, if I pull that out and commit to it, it's a commitment because it stinks, it's bad. So I got to, here's what you, bad leftovers, you pull it out, you throw it away. You have to wash the bowl. You can't just put a stinky bowl in the sink. The whole house stinks. And then the stuff is in the trash. And then you got to take the trash out because the trash will stink. Anybody? There's like work to be done with leftovers. So I just choose, I don't commit. Put it back in the fridge. Somebody else will deal with it. Anybody else? Now, that's how we do leftovers at the Wendell Hole. That's, that's what I do. And there's stuff like that in our lives where we just keep shoving it back in the refrigerator of our souls. And we have so many leftovers from junk that's happened in our lives. And we know, we know that if we really genuinely pull it out, there's some work that has to be done. There's some washing and some cleaning because there's deep things in us that we just leave there because it's easier to leave it there than it is to deal with it. Let that sink in for a second because I'm fitting to get all up in your refrigerator today. <laughs> and we throw stuff in there and we just forget it and we leave it and we think it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. We don't even realize what a big deal it is. And, and it, just, it just messes with us. So here's what I want to do. Today, I want to talk about some things that cause leftovers in our soul. Whether it be spiritual, relational, and we'll go through these. Um, I want to I share these with you. And so I've written the message. I've studied. I've done my job. Here's your job for the next 20 minutes. You ready? This is your job. Your job is to figure out which one of these is in you. And then you need to decide whether you want to keep it or deal with it. Because it's nobody's choice but yours. And the real choice comes down to, do you really want a better later? Do, I mean, we say all the time, 
2020 is going to be the best year of my entire life. It's going to be better than 19 and 18 and 17. Those years sucked. But this year, this year is going to be amazing. It'll only be amazing if we genuinely take care of now what we need to take care of now. Otherwise, your refrigerator is just going to get more and more stinky. So are you ready? Oh, it's a fun trip. Nothing like somebody, a stranger going through your refrigerator. Pastor, you'll find beer. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so here, here's the first one. Here's the first one. You ready? These are things that cause leftovers in your soul. Leftovers in your soul. The first one is this. Unfulfilled expectations. Unfulfilled expectations. You expect something to happen. You don't even say it, but in your mind, in your space, you expect something to happen. And it doesn't, and so it creates all this stuff in us, and we don't even realize where it came from. Um, so, perfect example. As you know, we've been fasting this week, right? Oh, you didn't know that. Okay. Well, you missed it. Um, we've been, I'm not doing it again until next year. So, we, we fasted this week, and when it got down to Friday, I, get, I, had, I had a spiritual condition come on me called hangry. <laughs> Anybody understand this spiritual thing that happened? Hangry. Anybody get hangry? I got I got hangry, and by, by the time it came to Friday, I was like hangry to the third power, and I knew it. And so I thought to myself, okay, okay, Craig, you can do this because all you have to do, come on, this is it, this is it, Craig. All you have to do is go to bed tonight, sleep good. You need to sleep good. We're going to sleep good Friday night, and then we're going to get up Saturday, go to prayer at 9 a.m. here at the church, which y'all should join us, by the way. It's every Saturday. Prayer at 9 a.m., and then, and then all I have to do, and then tomorrow night is night of worship, and so I'll get my worship on, whoop, whoop, glory, right? And so then we're done, and I'll make it, all right? So I went to bed Friday night. I am expecting to sleep all night. Hey, were you all alive Friday night? Like this storm came through. Like I, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to a tornado sirens and friends texting me, hide, hide, you're going to die, you're going to die. I'm like, oh, my God, right? So I get up, and I look out the window, and I'm like, Bro, that's legit, right? And so my, my son Noah had some friends over, so we had all these teenagers upstairs, so I had to wake everybody up, move them downstairs, all these teenagers, and all this stuff, and family downstairs hiding like we stacked them in the bathtub like cordwood. No, I'm kidding. We didn't do that. Um, and so then the storm passes, okay? And so everybody goes back to bed. My wife has the spiritual gift of sleeping. <laughs> like she can sleep anywhere, anytime, like that. So she goes back to bed and just, she's out. And I'm just laying there going, oh, my God, my life sucks. <laughs> Miserable. I just lay there, never went back to sleep. And the more I'm laying there, come on, because my expectations were not met. What's going on inside me? I'm just getting angry and more angry and more angry. And then we get up that morning. I just stand up because I'm already awake, wake her up. We get up to go to prayer. She's driving because, on the way to prayer. She's driving because I'm in no situation to drive. I'm just, I'm, I'm hangry, I'm tired, nothing's going my way. Anybody ever been there? And we're driving in the car, and she's just as sweet as anything. She says, hey, honey, if you want to plug the phone up, we can listen to some music on the way to prayer. I said, be quiet, I don't want to listen to anything. <laughs> and she looks at me and goes, fasting, huh? And she, don't you hate it when your spouse has a better attitude than you do, right? But, but what it causes, unmet expectations cause anger in us. We get 
angry. And the problem is sometimes we don't realize where the anger comes from because we might think it's, I'm mad at this person, I'm mad at that person. No, no, back up in your brain and in your soul. You're not really angry at anybody. You're angry because you had an unspoken expectation and it was not met. And so now you're just mad. And here's the dilemma. This is what gets me. I think the problem is because we put so much expectations and hope into this life being amazing. We think, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He saved me and set me free. Therefore, my life on this earth should be amazing, beautiful, glorious. Nothing should ever go wrong. I should never argue or fight. Really? Who told you that? Who? Who? Who, why did you believe that lie? Here's the, we put, so, God never promised this life and this world to be amazing and glorious. He said heaven, the next life, his kingdom is amazing and glorious. It's the place where tears are gone, fear is gone, anxiety is gone. That is not this world. This world is run by the enemy. And we put so, God put us, man, this is better preacher than y'all think it is. Okay, the, he put in us this hope. Every single one of us have hope and expectations in us. God put those in us, but they are for another world, not this world. So why do we get our knickers in a twist when things go wrong in this world? Because we have our expectations set in the wrong world. That's why he says, seek the kingdom of God, and all these other things will fall into place. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. How are we doing? You ready for another one? Okay, here's... Are you sure It'll get quieter, by the way. I'm going to ask that every everyone, and it'll get quieter and quieter in the house. Just watch. Wait till the last one. You'll be like, oh, my God, I hate this church. Okay, so anyway, um, here's the second one. The first one is, is what? Unmet expectations. Great job. Here's the second one. Untreated pain. Untreated pain. See, we are masters in this country of hiding and shoving and stuffing pain deep. We're good. Let me give you an example. It happened, oh, let's see, judging by the size of the crowd, about four, five hundred times this morning in the lobby. Here's how it goes. This is like every conversation, right? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> really? Are you? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Really? Are you? You know, most of us are not good or fine, but we say that. And what we're really doing is just shoving pain that happened to us maybe years ago, maybe last week, last month. I don't know when it happened, but every single person in this room and watching online have experienced pain. And pain needs to be given attention. Pain is for a purpose. And if you ignore the pain or stuff the pain, you deny it from the power that it has. Let me say that again. That was tweetable. If you ignore the pain, if you just stuff it, it, you are denying the pain of the power that it's been given to show us we need to change something. We need healing in an area. There's a guy named Jeremiah who wrote a book in the Old Testament, a prophetic book, and he prophesied about a generation coming. And maybe this is that generation because I've never seen a generation more than ours where we stuff pain and act like it's not real. Because if you have any kind of pain, whether it be physical or mental or emotional, you're viewed as broken and messed up. But the truth is, every single one of us, at some category or another, have mental pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, relation, all, all of us. If you think you're the only one and you need to hide it, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. 
Be honest with yourself. Jeremiah said this. He said, the verse before this, he's like, there's a generation coming. There's people coming. Okay, so he's prophetic in this. He says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. So in other words, they're putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm. That, that doesn't fix it, right? They're acting like it's not serious. They say, peace, peace, they say, when there, there is no peace. There's no peace. We have to learn to stop tucking the pain. If it's, we're, just, we're just shoving that pain in the refrigerator further back, right? Those left are, we're just further back, putting it in there, and then just putting stuff in front of it. Two liter of Coke, that hidden six-pack that you lost years ago, right? You're putting that in there and shoving that stuff further and further back. We need to take this stuff out and pull this out and deal with it. You say, well, I don't know how. Hey, that's what a small group is for. That's Nobody over here like that. I'll give you guys a shot. That, that's what a small group is for. Hey, okay, cool, cool. Like four of you are in small groups. Okay, okay, okay. Um, here's another one. Therapy and counseling is not bad. It doesn't mean you're hopeless. Okay. I'm not even trying. Okay, so... <laughs> Here's the next one. You ready for another one? You ready for another one? Okay. Un un unmet expectations. And then what? Untreated pain. And then here's the third one. Unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. Um, and what this means, what I'm talking about is, it's not that we don't deal with it. It's that we don't deal with it soon enough. It's we just, we just keep passing the buck. And the reason is, most people do not like confrontation. We, we just don't like it. We don't like confrontational conversations. We, don't, we, get, we get that feeling inside of us like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Relax. But we don't like confrontation, so we keep pushing things to the back of the fridge. We keep leaving it. We, we let it stay in there till it's so stinky that, man, it messes us up, right? And we just leave it, and we just leave it, and we need to deal with it now. Let me show you this verse. Um, it's in Ephesians 4, and it, it's talking about anger, but here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand the principle of the verse, not just... The anger. Don't, don't just focus on the anger today, okay? But I want, you, I want to show you this principle. In your anger, do not sin. Okay, so he's saying, yeah, you can be angry and not sin, okay? Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, deal with it. Why are you not dealing with it? Why are you just letting it hang there? Why do you leave it in your soul fridge? Why are you, you didn't even know your soul had a fridge, but it does. You know, why are you leaving it there? Deal with this stuff. Because if you don't deal with it, what happens? You're going to give the devil a foothold in your life. And so we need to deal with this stuff because if you don't deal with this or whatever you're facing, here's what happens. And you guys know this and I know this. Hurt people hurt people. Let me say that again. Hurt people, they, they hurt people. And I know I don't want to hurt people, and I know you genuinely, none of us here have a heart to hurt people. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to tear them up, okay? Um, if that's you, please get on medication, okay? But most of us don't, don't have that thing because we genuinely, people have a genuine heart. I, I really believe that. Most people have a genuine heart. So we don't want to hurt people, but we, the deal is we don't even realize we're hurting people because we're not recognizing the leftovers that are in our fridge. And the smell gets so bad. Come on. You guys have opened, <laughs> you guys have opened uh, stuff before in Tupperware. And be honest, how many have opened it and it stunk so bad you just made the mental decision? Yeah, I'm never getting that clean. And you throw the whole thing away. Come on. Yeah, yeah. 
That's me most of the time. Once it reaches that level, she's like, yeah, whatever. And we don't even, we have stuff in us that we don't even realize. We, but every, hey, it's in our fridge. We don't see it, but everybody else smells it. Everybody else knows it's there. And you're walking into these relationships or these situations with like this neurotic twitch. You know, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? They're like, wow, are you okay? Oh, man, I'm great. I'm great. This is the best day ever. And you're like, oh, dear God, are you on medication? No, no, but I want to get your number. Are you okay? Right? We're so messed up. And people, we freak people out and we, don't, we think it's them. Well, they got a problem. No. We got a problem. We got stuff in us that we haven't dealt with in a long time. And we make excuses. I'll wait for a sunny day. I'll wait for a cloudy day. I'll wait for a rainy day. Hey, if you want a better later, now's your day. Yeah. Now's your day. Yeah. We deal with it. We deal with it. I know it's not fun, but we also don't want to hurt people, right? Okay. I'm going to go on to the next one. How many have found, how many's already found something that's in your fridge? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. I'm going to ask it later, too. Oh, more of this service. Okay, okay. These next ones that are humdingers. Okay, um, here's the next one. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. yeah, okay, good, good. We're having a good time. Here's the next one. An unhealthy view of self. An unhealthy view of self. We, we view ourselves unhealthily. And here, here's how it happens. This, and this still blows my mind how powerful it is, but it's so true. When somebody says one negative thing about us, immediately we view ourselves through that lens. And psychologists say this. Psychologists say that it takes seven positive words to equal one negative statement. Okay? To equal one negative statement. So in other words, just to get the scales back to zero, it takes seven positive statements. So that means if you want a positive statement to live your life through, you have to hear eight. All right? Are, are you tracking with me? You have to hear eight. How many of us go through life and hear eight positive statements about ourselves every single day? Probably not. But how many can jump on social media and hear several negative things about ourselves or our family or whatever every single day? And so it just gets worse and worse and worse. People say things. People have said things about me online. People have emailed me all kinds of fun stuff. I know some of you were like, you pastor? I thought everybody loved you. <laughs> Obviously, you don't know me. People either love me or hate me. There's nobody in between. There's no, I've never heard anybody say, oh, he's okay. No, no. He's either a spawn of Satan or a pretty cool guy. Funny sometimes. Right? There's, there's no in between. And you get online and you hear stuff or you read stuff. And listen, that one negative statement, it blows my mind. And even today with social media, the power of it messes me up in, the, in this mindset where one negative statement can undo years of what God has built into your life. And we hear it and we start living our life through that lens. Hey, let me give you a scripture to give you hope. This is awesome. Romans 12, 3. The only accurate way to understand ourselves. Okay, you got to pause and read that again. The o there, there's only one way to accurately view yourself. Only one. There's only one way. Not Twitter, not Instagram, not Facebook, not Snapchat, no matter how many filters you put on yourself. There's only one accurate way to understand yourself, and it's by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. It says in Exodus 34, it says that God says, God's explaining who he is, and he says, I am the God of compassion and mercy. 
I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. How many know those are good words to see ourselves through? We need God's mercy. If you don't think you need God's mercy, girl, you're crazy, right? God has all of these beautiful things about us and says all of these beautiful things about us, and we need to see ourselves through that lens, not the lens of somebody else. The only proper way to view Craig Wendell, me, viewing myself, is through the lens of God, not through anybody else, not by what you say or anybody else says. Okay, how we doing? Y'all are looking at me like, What's that old saying? Like a calf at a new gate or something like that. I don't even know what that means. But y'all are looking at me like that. I'm starting to understand it. Are y'all okay? Okay, I got one more. Are you ready for one more? Okay, one more. Here we go. And this, by the way, this one just gets everybody. Like, this is the, the humdinger at the end where you're thinking, oh, he hasn't spoke to me yet. <laughs> Here's the last one. Unrepented sin unrepented sin. Now get this. I didn't say, and it's, it does not say, unconfessed sin. Because there's a difference. There's a difference between unconfessed sin and unrepented sin. Here's the difference. You came in to, today, and you came in, and the music's going, and Katie and the band are worshiping, and you might have, man, you stepped out today. You're like, yes, yes, today I will worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will raise my hands and worship and glorify his name. Right? And you go all in, man. This is all in for some of us, right? We just, yes, yes, Jesus, you are glorious, glorious. And so you worship, and it moves you and inspires you. And then the sermon is the most motivating, inspiring thing you've ever heard in your entire life. I'm not sure why you're laughing, right? Okay, okay. Okay. And, and you're moved and we get to the end of the message and this will happen again I do it every Sunday I say hey if you want to experience Jesus Christ if you want a life with Jesus Christ you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior raise your hand I'm not going to call you down in front and embarrass you right? we do it every Sunday because it's so important and, and you decide in that moment I have been moved I have worshipped I am inspired today I will give my life to Jesus Christ <laughs> and you invite him in and then that's confessed sin it's good and then there's no change in your life. Repent means change. Repent means, here's what repent literally means, okay? And repent is a Bible word. It's a theology word. It is a Christianese word. But it's not something to change. It is a very powerful word that we need to keep in our life. It means to turn the other way. So in other words, you're headed towards a sin or whatever. You're headed in this direction. To repent means, oh, I don't. The Bible says that wrong. Jesus said that's wrong. The Holy Spirit speaks to me and says that's wrong. I repent. I'm going to turn another direction. I'm, I'm going to turn from it. I'm going to leave it behind. What most people do is we confess sin, and then we get to this point where we're like, huh. Well, I mean, I feel that it's wrong, but maybe I could take that one scripture that I read and change it to where it'll make this okay. Or maybe, you know what, I need to find somebody that agrees with me, and then that'll make me feel better about doing this, and as long as I have them agreeing with me, then we're good. Or we say, you know what, this church is not telling me what I want to hear, so I'm going to go find another church that'll tell me what I want to hear. Pastor have been fasting, I'm all up in your refrigerator. <laughs> Please, no more, Craig. Okay. Um, 
So how do you do it? How, how, do, you, how do we get this leftovers out of here? How do, we, how do we get it out of our lives? Check this out. I mean, I, we talked about this scripture a little bit last week. Let me share it with you. I want to read through it. It says 2 Corinthians 10.3. It says this, for though we, and this is how we get these leftovers out of us and change our lives now so we can have a better later. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Do we live in the world? Yes. Eight of us live here. The rest of you, I'm scared. Okay. Do we live in the world? Since we live in the world, that we have worldly problems. But look at me. We don't handle our worldly problems the same way as everybody else because now we have Jesus Christ living in us. We handle them differently, and he's equipped us differently. And part of the problem is some of, us, some of you are trying to deal with your problems in the way that everybody else deals with their problems. That won't work. Jesus is the answer. He works. Check this out. The weapons we fight with, they're not weapons of the world. No, they're totally different. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That area that the enemy just has, that stronghold in your life. 10.5, it it continues, it says, We demolish arguments, and every pretension and sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How are we going to do that? Romans 12.2, We do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but we transform our mind. We change our mind how we think about things. See that stronghold in you? Um, when I was in Ireland several years ago, this is, and I'm going to tell you this story, and you should be jealous because it was amazing. Um, it was just one of those life moments. I'm sitting in Ireland right next to a cliff with the ocean coming up and sitting at this little bay, and we're eating at this restaurant. I mean, just like right on the water. It was spectacular. Okay, And I look over to my left, and on the cliff is this, the remains of this castle. There's like a rubble of the outside wall. And, but what was still standing in the middle of the castle from the farthest distance from every outside wall was this, this keep. It was called a keep, and it was just this tower that was still standing. And what happens is when an enemy would come in, if they breached the walls on any direction, the king of the castle would go into the keep so that he was safe, so that he would hold it out as long as possible, the keep. And that's what happens. Check this out. When Jesus Christ, that's a stronghold. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, he doesn't break down the door. You lower the drawbridge and allow him into your castle. But the enemy used to own your castle. He used to own your soul. And so that enemy goes into the keep. He goes into the stronghold. And he finds that one area, that one sin that gets you every single time. And he gets in the keep and he holds it and he keeps that in your life. It's the stronghold. It is the keep in your life. Now you might say, well, then how does it happen? Does Jesus have to tear it down? No, Jesus already has the key. He walks up and unlocks it and then it's a choice. Do I really want to deal with those leftovers or not? And some of us, you're heaven bound, but you're not enjoying the journey because you haven't given him Lord over all of your soul, all of the refrigerator stuff. Let me give these last three truths. And I know she's playing. I'm out of time. You're freaking out. You're like, Pastor Craig, please don't skip these. I'm OCD. If you don't fill in these blanks, I, I'm going to, all week, I'll be freaking out. Okay, so everybody relax. This is real quick. These are three truths that as we start pulling stuff out of our refrigerator, as we start pulling the leftovers out, these are three truths that you have to keep in your mind or your wheels are going to fall off your wagon. Here's the first one. God still loves me. He still loves me. And you would say, well, I know that. Yeah, but when you start pulling junk out of the back of your refrigerator and it stinks so bad and it's so messy, you might start looking at that as who you are and forget that that's not who God made you to be. And then you think he can't love you because you're looking at this. And listen, 
God loved you before, and he knew that was in the back of your refrigerator all the time. You didn't shock him. It's not like you pulled this leftover out, and he went, oh, my Lord, I had no idea. Wait, oh, my Lord. Oh, my me, I had no idea that was in you. You're not surprising him. He still loves you. He still loves you. Here's the second one. It's in you, and yeah, God can free you. He really can. Don't give up. Don't quit. Fight. Fight. He can free you. And then the third one is this. God will restore you. He'll restore you. And here's, here's the, in our home, yes, we do leftovers, and yes, they get moldy and stinky and all that stuff. And here's how we know when it's time to clean out the fridge. When we go restore the food in the fridge. When, when we go grocery shopping, anybody ever done this? You go grocery shopping and you bring food home and you're like, oh, there's no room. There's no room. I have to clean out this stuff. Look at it this way. Right now, Christ is climbing all over inside your soul. And there is no room in your refrigerator for all the good gifts that he wants to put in you. There's no room for all the amazing things that he has for you. So let's take out the leftovers and make room for his presence, his spirit, and his gifts. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I just want to pray for us. See, a sermon like this, a message like this, it, it can be tough because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work in us. But let me, let me say this. Um, none of this works unless you lower your drawbridge and allow Jesus Christ into your life. None of it. Jesus Christ is the beginning of this whole thing. You might have thought you had him. You might have thought you had it figured out. You never have him. He always has to have you. And it's a choice to lower our drawbridge, to lower our defenses, and invite him in. So just right where you are, I am going to ask you to raise your hand in just a second to say, yes, I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need a Savior. I need him. Say, that's me. I'm not going to call you down front. not going to embarrass you. Just right where you are, you say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Raise your hand up. Come on, raise it up and hold it up. I'm going to count in a second. You're not alone. There's several people. Just hold up for a second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hold them up. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for these amazing people that just, just admit got to have Jesus. I have all of these leftovers. I have all of this stuff left over from past relationships, past failed marriages, past, past jobs. Oh, so much stuff. I need Jesus. So, Father, from, from the confession of their mouth that they are now a follower of Jesus Christ and from the belief in their heart that you were raised from the dead after the third day, you said that we would be saved. And so, Father, from their confession and their belief, save them. They've lowered their drawbridge, walk into their life, walk into their soul space, wash them clean, set them free, and let them see your presence and your spirit in everything that they do. And then, Father, I just ask that you start giving them the courage to go ahead and open up the keep, go ahead and open up the stronghold, and walk in and start cleaning it out. Start cleaning it out so that their life next year at this time <laughs> will be so much better and amazing than it is right now. Father, I just pray for a supernatural blessing on them for making this decision today, the greatest decision ever. And Father, for all of us, I just ask that you give us the strength and the courage to stop ignoring the leftovers. Give us the strength and the courage to pull out the pain. Give us the strength and the courage to pull out the anger. 
Give us the strength and the courage to pull the fear and anxiety out of the back of the fridge and start dealing with it because you want us to have a life abundant and a life full of freedom. Let us begin walking in that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you were one of the amazing 21 people that raised your hand, there's a book down here called Fresh Start. It is completely free, and here's what it's going to do. It gives you specific directions on how to clean out your fridge, okay? It gives you some great directions on how to wash the Tupperware, or some Tupperware just needs to be thrown away. You know what I'm talking about? And so come down here. If you need prayer for anything, there's wonderful people down on both sides that would love to pray with you and connect with you. All right? Stand with me, if you will. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Man, I really appreciate it. Um, while you're standing, let me remind you that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's communion elements down front on both sides uh, that you're more than welcome to partake of. And then let me also just remind you real quick of the workday Thursday night at 6 o'clock. We're doing it during the week and in the evening, so if you work all day, you can still come and just kind of switch it up a little bit. Okay, so hope to see you there.